What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera here with you. 49ers, another great week. They get the 31 to, thir- uh, 31 to 13 victory, excuse me, and we have a whole lot to break it down. Before we get started here, want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you like us and you already follow us, that is awesome. If you haven't left a review yet, if you please could take 30 seconds and do it, it makes a huge, huge difference for us. We are so close to 105 star reviews. Please help us reach that goal. We appreciate all your support. I'm going to be joined by Levin Black here in a little bit, uh, but plenty to break down. We got a happy recap today for the 49ers. They get the 31-13 win, as I said. And this one was not, you know, like a lot of the 49er wins we've seen this season where you're sitting at the edge of your seat and you're wondering what's going to happen. You know, last week we had the walk-off win from Brandon Ayuk in overtime. This week, no such theatrics were necessary. And I think... The reason why is the defense. I think the Niners defense is the MVP of this game. And of course, I want to hear from you. Please, uh, comments are open on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook page. Please hit us up. But we can't take comments on Twitter if you're watching on Twitter. So if you want to comment, uh, switch to the Facebook or the YouTube page and we'll get you in there. The MVP of this game for me is the defense. I mean, all week we sat there and talked about Well, if the 49ers just don't make any stupid penalties, if they don't beat themselves, right? If the special teams doesn't muck it up, no turnovers. Well, guess what? First kickoff, first play of the game, Jermichael Hastie's on the kickoff and he gets hit and the ball pops into the air and the Falcons take over in 49ers territory. First play. Exactly how you didn't want to start off if you're the 49ers. But what happens? 49ers defense rises to the occasion as they did all day in this one and they get the stop. They hold the Falcons who, by the way, I think were right to go for it on fourth down, but Niners got a little bit lucky on a reversal. Cause don't forget Cordero Patterson ran it in for a yard and they overturned it. Matt Ryan throws incomplete Patterson gets stopped. And then Matt Ryan throws incomplete again. 49ers pass rush in this one was all over Matt Ryan. He had no time to throw, not comfortable at all. They did some weird plays in this game where like they kind of got him on the move and I thought they kind of left him in no man's land thanks to Bosa and Fred Warner who was all over the field in this game. Uh, but the 49ers defense set the tone right there with that stop. They actually ended up getting two goal line stops in the game. So credit the 49ers defense as always couple of injury scares, a couple of, you know, question marks with Tart and Bosa, who both left the game at one point in this one, both returned to the game and Tart came back and laid a licking on Matt Lyon right at the goal line. It was awesome to see. Um, So the 49ers have a really solid win. Offensively, Kyle Shanahan, he knew exactly how to hurt Atlanta. He was in his bag, as they say. Jeff Wilson, 21 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel had six carries and a touchdown in this game. George Kittle, this just in, he's still good. Six catches for 93 yards. The 49ers did whatever they wanted to offensively in this one. Six for 11 on third down, 397 total yards. And to be honest, it could have been worse. But the 49ers kind of pulled, uh, pulled the reins back a little and took their foot off the gas at one point in this one. Seeing a lot of people talk about, and this is the first comment we'll get to, Bruce Mathis on the YouTube page. Why are they running Debo late in the game? I had the same thought. You know, I actually tweeted out when it was 31-13 and going into the fourth quarter, like, hey, you know, maybe 
if you're Kyle Shanahan, you want to get some of these guys out, especially considering they have a game on Thursday against the Titans. Kyle just does not do that. I mean, coming literally coming out of the two-minute warning with the ball, they ran Debo up the middle and they threw a screen pass to him after the two-minute warning. So, I was, you know, that makes you feel like, one, Debo must be pretty damn healthy because if he wasn't, you would think that Kyle Shanahan wouldn't be dialing up plays specifically where he knows Debo is going to get the ball. And two, like, oh, man, they must just not be worried. They, they, he must be feeling good enough that they think he's good to go on Thursday. So, okay. But I had the same thought, definitely. Uh, but it was good to see a win. It was good to see the 49ers. All phases, well, excuse me, offense and defense played great today. Special teams was garbage, as always. Um Let's get to this comment. Ryan Murphy, can we show some extra love to D'Amico Ryans this week? He's a first-year coordinator dealing with a ton of injuries, yet the defense bails out the offense and special teams all year long. Yes, they did. That's a good point, Ryan. The defense did bail out the special teams twice in this game. Obviously, the first sequence came with the first possession, like I talked about on the goal line stand. The second one, the Falcons get a kick return to the 40-yard line. And Bosa on his 15th sack of the year comes up with a strip and the Niners get the ball in uh, deep in Atlanta territory on the turnover. That bailed out the special teams again. We forget all about that, right? Because Bosa turned it over. And so the 49ers eventually turned that turnover into a touchdown. But that's the special teams again for the 49ers being bad in this game. Luckily, it didn't come back to hurt him because Nick Bosa is a freak of nature. Speaking of freaks of nature, I'm now joined by Levin Black. What's up, Levin? <laughs> Freak of nature in what way? You are freakishly late. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also going to be leaving somewhat early this time because my kid is sick for the first time in her 19 oh, month no. old life. That yeah. is really hard. I my daughter is actually like 21 month old, is sick herself right now too, and uh, it's brutal. But the first time your kid is sick, that is rough. Is she is she doing okay? Is she hanging in there? Uh, it's getting worse. My wife. She got a cold. Uh, it, it's funny because like she literally doesn't go anywhere, so she somehow picked up a cold, like confirmed a negative COVID. But uh, kid picked it up, even though my wife wore a mask mm. around the house for five days. But um, yeah, kids now not able to breathe through her nose, starting uh. to get worse, and she's starting to hit the cranky mode. So yeah. I'm gonna break off before bed so that I can put her to bed. All right. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. Um, what grade would you give the 49ers today? And specifically, oh, man. Okay, I want to get to this from Joanna Alvarez, who actually is speaking for a lot of the people commenting. Why did Ambry Thomas stay in so long? He is trash. He got beat a lot today, Levin. The Falcons were going after him. What did you make? What grade would you give Ambry Thomas today? Uh, I, I think it's unfair to say he's trash. People were making a lot of really good receptions against him where he was right there. He's got his hands in there and the guys are just making great receptions. There's not much you can do when Russell Gage is going to uh, jump up and, and snatch the ball. You know, that I think he was in the positions that he needs to be in. His timing could have been a little bit better on his jumps, but overall, like I would say like a C plus, I, I think it was a promising game more than anything else. Like it shows that he knows how to be in the right places, timing his jumps and being better at the kind of the hand fight and getting in there and punching the ball out is something that comes with more experience. And overall, I thought it was an encouraging game from him because he wasn't getting burned. 
he was just getting beat on pinpoint perfect throws where the wide receiver timed everything perfectly. Like I, di- I didn't see, but I think one play where he was just flat out beat. So I was along your line of thinking. And then I saw this tweet from our own Kyle Posey, who said, it doesn't matter if you're in position. If you can't play the ball, you can't play corner. That's three in a row for Thomas, where he looks lost once it's time to find and play the ball in the air. That's not something that's just a Thomas problem, Levin. We saw that with all the 49ers cornerbacks earlier this year. So I don't know if that's Thomas. I don't know if it's all of them. But yeah, like when the ball's in the air, like even if you're in position, you need to be able to handle yourself. And Thomas had a bit of a rough one in that area today. Yeah, but I mean, like the the Russell Gage touchdown, I feel like he did what he needed to do. He got his hands in there and Gage just made his fantastic play and Ryan put it in the perfect spot. there was the play where uh, Pitts had the long reception down the sideline on the far sideline from where the camera was. Yes. That one, I feel like he mistimed. Like he, he, he got turned around and I think he took a little long to locate the ball and he slowed down just a half step. Yeah. And that made it to where he just wasn't quite there in time, but he was still there. He just wasn't able to get his hands on Pitts before Pitts got solid uh, handle on the ball, so to speak. That would be the one where I feel like, he just flat out kind of misplayed it, mistimed it. The other ones, I just feel like it was great plays by the offensive player. And that's all you can do sometimes. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't Josh Norman on the long reception, just getting beat where he's guarding the two yards of the sideline and the wide receiver cuts inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was like, what are you, what are you guarding there? Cut with the receiver. When uh, I think they were talking about in the broadcast that it was uh, Jimmy Ward had come down on the crosser. And that's why there was no safety help over the top. But what was Norman guarding 20 yards down the field next to the sideline at that point? The annual you know, Josh Norman gets beat tweet. Right. I like I, I didn't see a, a play like that from Thomas where he was just completely in the wrong place. Didn't go with the receiver. Didn't read the right thing. You know, whatever you want to call it. And to me, that's promising for a rookie, especially with how little of experience he has as a rookie. He's not somebody that this is his 14th game. This is what I think is second game getting significant snaps, maybe sure. third. So I think it's promising. I, I I understand why some people will sit here and say he had a bad game, but those are the people that just look at the receptions and don't look at the much more complicated part of it, which is what you should be looking at. I mean, just it's same as a quarterback wins doesn't mean he's actually good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like quarterback wins doesn't mean a whole lot, but hold on. I, is this I think true? Thomas, yes, it is. Aaron Parrish on the Niners Nation YouTube page says props to Levin for calling the score. Did you legitimately pick 31-13? Do I have to live with that for a week now? It literally got to 31-13, and I went, dang, there's nine minutes left. Somebody's going to score. Oh, man. (laughs) All right, so uh, I am asking you, being everyone watching and listening, what grade you would give the 49ers overall in this game. What grade would you give the 49ers in this one, Levin? I would say it's a solid B plus. Maybe you could see going to an A minus. I, I think they dominated quite well. The special teams, I think, is where you downgrade them heavily. So I, I think defensively, they got the job done. Uh, they weren't perfect, but they had a lot of fourth down stops. They came up big early in that game, not giving up any points after the fumble on special teams. But uh, special teams, they had the fumble. They allowed multiple kick returns out to the you know 30, 40 yard line. Uh, they just that special teams unit is just garbage at this point. They need they need a new voice. That's all there is to it. 
uh, Hightower. Uh, maybe it's not his fault, but at this point, you, you got to try something to shake it up, send a message. There's not much you can do there. They've changed returners. They've changed who's in, who's out on special teams um, in terms of coverage units, and it's not working. So it's just time for a new voice, and, and that's all there is to it on special teams. But offensively, I think this might have been their most complete game of the season. I think they they were methodical. They didn't really have like the really bad play where like, you know, should have been a turnover or was a turnover. I think this is easily Jimmy's best game of the season. And overall, I think that adds up to being a solid B plus could see an A minus. But I think special teams was so bad that I have a hard time giving an A of any kind. Right. See, Jen watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page says a blowout should be an A. You can't give them an A when the special teams was this bad. Like, you just can't do it. Mitch Wisnowski, again, multiple punts under 40 yards in this game. I think he did have one bomb later on, but multiple punts under 40 yards in this game. Punt return coverage. They gave up their longest punt return of the year in this game. The kick return coverage was poor. The kickoffs, they can't kick the ball into the freaking end zone. Like, you can't give them an A for this game. The special teams was just too bad, but I think you're right. I, I said I think the defense was the MVP of the game, most responsible for the win, if you ask me. Um, the offense was, to me, like Kyle Shanahan knew exactly how to attack them, especially on third down. Guys were wide open. Kittle is wide open on third down. And for the second straight week, George Kittle gets the ball and literally they send, I think, nine of the 11 players on the field to tackle him. And he's still not going down right away. But the offense basically. Yeah, that, that, that's actually that play. I wish he would have gone down. Yeah, me I think too. It, I think with his injury history, he needs to learn that when you see three, four five guys on the defense, it's just time down. to just just go down. Don't take the hits. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The Niners were six of 11 on third down in this game. So they ran 56 plays in this game. The Falcons ran 58. Atlanta ended up with 275 yards. The 49ers ended up with 397. So the Niners basically ran the same amount of plays as Atlanta, but they were just picking up chunk yardage down the field in big, big chunks. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. had a 17-yard run. George Kittle had a 28-yard catch. Debo had a 30-yard catch. Ayuk had a 36-yard catch. So the Niners were gashing the Atlanta Falcons all day long. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo had one really good throw. It was his touchdown throw to Juwan Jennings. Atlanta sent pressure, and Jimmy got the, recognized it and got the ball out quick, threw it accurately for a touchdown. But he didn't have any others because he didn't need to have any others in this game. There was no problem moving the ball in the passing game. And the only reason the 49ers didn't do more is because I think they took their foot off the gas. Uh, they tore it up. This is a super chat from Ryan 49 one on the YouTube page. Props to Jimmy dealing with multiple running backs all season. Well, I don't really think that that he deserves a lot of credit for that, but Jimmy did have a fine game today. Uh, let me look at the actual, I didn't check the actual number. So 18 of 23, 235, a touchdown, no picks clean game. And we know when Jimmy Garoppolo plays a clean game this year, the 49ers are seven and Oh, right. And in the middle of the game, when the Niners kind of took control there, you know, into the second quarter, started the third quarter there. I think he was 10 for 10 at one point uh, when they had multiple touchdown drives in a row. And that was huge. I, like I said, I think it's his best game of the season. Uh, I think he has been better during this, what is it now, five and one streak these last six games. I think he's been back to the 2019 level 
which 2019 level means he's an above average starter. He's still not a huge difference maker, but he's somebody that's not hurting you consistently. You know what I mean? I think he's been a lot better lately. Seems to have find, found his groove in this season, which is an encouraging development. I mean, let's give props where it is. He's been better. Um, still doesn't mean I don't think next season Trey Lance should be taking over. But for this season, I think he has improved. And he's at the point now where he should be the starter. Uh, I would not have said that six weeks ago, but he has changed. He's improved and he's gotten to the level that I don't think you insert Trey Lance to. I disagree with that. I think Jimmy is exactly who he always was. But when he doesn't turn it over, they win. And at least for this game, he did not have a throw that should have been intercepted. He did not put the ball in harm's way today. But like I said, most of the freaking wide receivers were wide open. I mean, Debo only had four catches. He had 60 yards. Kittle, six catches, 93 yards. Ayuk only had the one catch in the game, which is kind of crazy to me Mm -hmm. because they've been giving him a lot of love lately. But it was a 36-yarder. They were just gashing them. And then Jeff Wilson, just 5.2 yards per carry, doing work on the ground, 21 carries, 110 yards. Like, think about that. Like, people, we kind of just gloss over that. Jeff Wilson is the, what, fourth string running back for the 49ers? If you go Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, Sermon, yeah, probably. I would say he's third string because he was second string before his injury uh, at the start of the season. And then I think Eli Mitchell is obviously overtaking him. So that would make him third string. I think Sermon is fourth, Hasty's fifth. But regardless of what number you want to put on him, it's just ho-hum. Here he is. Throw him in there. 100-yard game. And frankly, that's what the 49ers should do against the Falcons. That's what they should do against a bad team. Take them to the woodshed. And that's exactly what happened today. Yeah, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. And that's the best summary of the game. You know, like you said, Jimmy didn't have to have an amazing game. But I feel like he didn't. Ha- I didn't see the hesitation from him. There's one time I kind of saw a little hesitation, but then he scrambled and he ended up making a completion anyways. Uh, and that was late in the game. Uh, but overall, I feel like he started to pull the trigger. You know what I mean? He, he wasn't hesitating on these deeper passes when they needed him, and he was consistently coming through on the third third downs when they needed. Now we have seen. The Niners and Jimmy specifically are much better on third down when it's third and manageable, you know, third and six or shorter. Which everybody is. Right. They were consistently at third and six or shorter. And that is a big part of the 49ers and why they need to dedicate to the run game early on because it makes for a manageable manageable third down, even if the run game isn't particularly uh, being super effective, which in this game it was. But we've seen other weeks um, where I think Jeff Wilson's first start, it wasn't super effective. On the run game, I think he only averaged like three and a half yards a carry in that game, somewhere around there. But it had its effect in the game, Uh, even though it wasn't getting the first downs itself. It made it manageable for Jimmy to get the first downs. Absolutely. I want to get to this question from Jared Shear watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Arden Key is turning into a legit piece opposite Bosa. Wish we didn't have to pay D Ford. Yeah, well, that's a separate issue. Can I just say the roughing the passer penalty? that they called on Arden Key is such a crock. I could not believe it. He's coming towards Matt Ryan. He's running He's against Matt Ryan's back. He's coming from behind to sack Matt Ryan. He dives because Ryan is moving, and he tackles Matt Ryan, and they throw the flag on him because he landed with all his body weight on him. Even Gene Sterator, the rules analyst for CBS, came on and was like, nope, that was bogus. He shouldn't have been flagged. And, and Atlanta gets a touchdown the next offensive play that they run. 
Did Gene actually say that? Because I yes. was, I thought Gene was saying that he doesn't like the rule, but by the rule, it is a penalty. No, I think I'm. I mean, I pretty sure he Which said. Which is how I think... fall into it. By rule, is it a penalty? Yes, but like I said on Twitter, it's the worst rule in the rule book. You should be able to land on a freaking quarterback. Now, I agree, you shouldn't be able to drive him into the ground. We have seen them where they're basically picked up and flung and <laughs> you know whipped to the ground back in the old days in the NFL. Yeah, that shouldn't be allowed. But I think an NFL referee is smart enough to know when that happens and when somebody's momentum just happens to land on top of the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like They should have some discretion there. It shouldn't be, oh, you landed on the quarterback, automatic penalty. But by the rule, I think that is a penalty. I mean, I don't like the, there should be discretion. There's a difference between like what they used to do back in the day where like they would literally put their arms out so that all of their body weight landed on the quarterback. And there's a difference between just gravity taking you down on the ground. And that's what I thought that was in the case of Arden Key. And at the time it was, you know, it was kind of a big play because the 49ers hadn't blown it open to that point. And so at what was it at that point it was 10 to three and then that pass made it 10 to 10 it tied the game so mm-hmm. like i was pretty pissed at that point because it's a totally different ball game and it is what it is they called the play and that's that's how the falcons got basically their only uh offensive activity in this game they largely did nothing um yeah that was their only touchdown so Ron Barber watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. We need to push for some Debo MVP love, but I know it will never happen. He's no, no, no. He's, he's not, not going to win the MVP. MVP. He's not going to win Offensive Player of the Year because Jonathan Taylor is a friggin' man possessed. Um, but Debo was great in this game, and I actually like that they looked to him as a wide receiver more, Levin. You know, I've been talking about that all week long, how he can't just be a running back. He had five yeah. targets in this game, four catches and 60 yards, and six carries for 29 yards. That's what I want to see. Give me the dual threat, Debo. Yeah, Debo is this season one of the best offensive weapons in the league, but he's nowhere near sniffing MVP conversation, period. And That's to just all Ron did to say he knows it's not going to happen. Maybe offensive player of the year, maybe. Uh, super chat here from Lunkers365. Thank you for that. Landing on the quarterback isn't a penalty. Driving the quarterback into the ground is a penalty. I think you're right on that, but the problem is anytime the refs see you land on the quarterback, they just assume, oh, it's driving him into the ground because when the refs get graded, which don't forget, the officials get reviewed every game too, they don't want to be downgraded for that play because if they're downgraded too much throughout the year, they don't get to call playoff games. They don't get to call Super Bowls. So they're just going to oh, air. It, put it this on, way. The NFL is going to be much more upset if you allowed the quarterback to be hit right? than if you called a ticky-tack penalty exactly. that helped the quarterback not get hit. You know what I mean? Like They're going to be much happier that you're over-protecting a quarterback than under-protecting. Yep, I totally agree. That's that's a pretty succinct way to, uh, to put it. Ooh, I like this one. Marcus Brown on the Facebook page. Fred Warner gave me vibes of all pro Fred today. Great call by you, Marcus. 100%. Fred Warner was all over the field today and they needed him to be with Al Shire out. And he looked like all pro Fred today. And he was pumped up too. It was great to see. You could see him directing traffic on every play before the snap. All pro Fred was back today. Good call, Marcus. Yeah. I think he was, uh, if you had to pick a singular player for MVP of the game, I would probably pick Fred, but I think this is a, this is a game where you give uh, more of a unit, because I don't think any one player was the lone difference maker. You know, one player didn't have this crazy dominant game. 
Uh, I would give the offensive line the MVP. I think they dominated as a unit, both in pass and run game. Um, but Fred Warner, I think he was the difference maker on the defense. A lot of people would like to give that to Arden Key or Nick Boza. But I think Fred Warner played a huge role in not allowing that run game to get going. And Atlanta without uh, Patterson and Davis being effective in the run game just can't get it done once that happens because they don't have the wide receivers. You know, after that, they become pretty one dimensional. And Matt Ryan is not a difference maker anymore as a quarterback. He's not very good at avoiding pressure anymore. Uh, and I think limiting that run game is why their offense got shut down. I want to get to this to this uh, comment, too, from Drew Crossland watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Tar and Ward were nails. Another good point, Drew. I totally agree with you. Ward crushed Matt Ryan late in this game, which was awesome to see. Or maybe that was Tart, actually, excuse me. But Ward was all over the field. Ward had a tackle that led to a stop at the in the red zone also. They don't get a lot of love because they don't generate a ton of turnovers normally. But Ward, Ward and Tart are an awesome tandem, one of the best in the league. Yeah, it's just a shame that they can't stay healthy. You know, it seems like half the games every year, one of them is out. Um but they, they're crazy athletic. They both have really good speed, which is something you really like in your safety positions. And for this game, I, I think they were able to cheat up a little bit more because of those wide receivers. Like even the wide receivers that Atlanta has, they're not really speed threats. You know what I mean? I, I think their only real deep threat is Kyle Pitts, the tight end. And it's hard for a tight end to be a true deep threat because they got to faint to block or come off the line where they're going to get bumped a lot easier. Um, and I think that allowed the safeties to cheat up a little bit more. And that's why we saw them uh, coming up and make making more big hits on those underneath routes. I want to get to this really quick. Jesse Garcia on the YouTube page. You're wearing Niners gear stats. Wow, that's surprising. It is. I thought about it a lot because I have consciously not been wearing 49ers gear on these shows because I started the year wearing Niners stuff. And they started losing. And so I wanted to change up the juju. So I stopped wearing Niners stuff. And then today I was like, man, I really want to wear something 49ers. And so I decided to wear the hat. But I only put the hat on after the game was decided. I didn't want to mess with it. So I waited until the game was decided. I put it on basically just before we came on the air. And by the way, JR and a couple other people are asking, where did I get the hat? This is the residency hat. You can go on to uh, residency. I think there's a three in there instead of one of the E's, but you can figure it out. They have a bunch of different ones. I love this one. Uh, but so I consciously went with the the one piece of Niner gear just at the end of the game. I see 11. You're wearing full regalia. You were not concerned. Uh, yeah, I wasn't wearing the jacket when I was at work at the start of the game. And then when I got home, I changed out of my work hoodie and into my Niners jacket. But uh, all, all I took from that last uh, tidbit you had there is that you're a fair weather fan. You don't wear I'm Niners gear unless they're fan. already up. Oh, Look, once the game was that, not in that, I put on my Niners gear. I see how it is. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help the team get a win. You're not. Oh, That's yes. okay. That's you, just you how really we're different. Have, you have a huge effect on how this team Ma plays, let me tell you. Massive, massive effect. If you don't think so, you're crazy. And I know the people will agree with me. Look, what we do matters, okay? When the team, you don't mess with the winning streak and you do whatever you need to to change the losing streak. Come on. Here's the thing about these superstition things. For every one that you have, there's a counter one against it from somebody else. How dare you? How dare you? You know, yours is you can't wear Niners gear. Somebody else's, unless they wear the specific jersey, the team loses. You know, it's all hogwash. 
I can't believe you. Of course you don't. You you hate fun, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Can we get back to the actual game, please? I just wanted to make a quick aside and you turned it into a, a referendum on my fandom. <laughs> um, wow. Apparently the Ravens have just tied it up against Green Bay. That would be yeah, a bad I mean, loss for Green Bay if they lose with no Lamar Jackson. Well, that and they were up 17 with like eight minutes to go. But uh, did they tie it up? Did they go for the extra point or are they going for two? I, I see it's 31-30. Uh, I don't have the game on right now. Let me check the game cast yeah. really quickly. This was a great uh, day for the 49ers. The Cardinals lost to the Lions? The <laughs> Lions? Holy Jared hell. Goff, Jared Goff improved to 8-0 and in his career against the Cardinals. That is incredible. Okay, so apparently the Ravens are going to go for two. After I, I kind of figured with the way this game is going, they're going to go for two and try to win it. Good. Good. Which, go for two. With your backup no. quarterback, why not? Would you rather get two yards or have to make a stop, get the ball back, and then score again? It I makes know. no sense. I agree from a team standpoint they should go for two, but I have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in fantasy, uh -huh. and I want them to go out and try to pass again, which if – the Ravens get this two-point conversion. Yeah, they'll get get the ball at 42 seconds. So I guess they would have a potential to get some more passing yards. But if it's a tie game, hey, I get overtime. You know, how about mean? this from John Andrew Leon on the Facebook page? I'm predicting a Niners division title. Arizona has a brutal last three games and no DeAndre Hopkins. They can lose out, and I think they will. The Rams, good, Man. good chance they lose to Seattle. And then if we went out, Niners get the West. I mean, that's optimistic, but I like the I like the hope there. Uh, that's homerism. There's no Probably. way. There's I mean, no there, way. there's a way. We just went over the way. It's, that it's would be like one of the all-time, one of the all-time comebacks. They got to pass two different teams. That's why it's so unlikely. They got to oh. have the Rams losing and the Cardinals losing. It's just not going to happen. It's unlikely. By the way, the Ravens did not get the two-point conversion, so they are Dang losing it. still to the Packers, yeah, thirty-one to thirty. That's probably the end of that. Aaron Rodgers was making some ridiculous throws in that game. Uh, ooh, how about this? Chris Maldonado on the YouTube page. The Niners are undefeated this year after Robin Levin interview a 49er. Technically, that's true. We interviewed Juice before the first Rams game, mm -hmm. and they crushed the Rams. And I interviewed Jerry Rice this week before this Falcons game, and they whooped yeah. on the Falcons. We got to get somebody for well, next week. I mean, that really should read. Niners are undefeated after Rob interviews a player because he didn't invite me to the Jerry Rice interview. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, so apparently what I do does matter, obviously. So we just oh, proved yes. it. By the yeah. way, Dante Whitner is going to join us tomorrow. Kyle Posey and I are going to have an interview with Dante Whitner. So does that count? That counts, right? He was a former 49er. Mm, eh, that one's more questionable. Yes, he's a former 49er, but he, I believe, played longer in his career with the Colts than the 49ers. Whatever, man. Look, who who stripped the ball from, what was it, Pierre Thomas at the goal line against the Saints in that divisional game? I believe it was Dante Whitner, who no, I think it was knocked Don him out of the game. Dante Hittner. Well, that that's true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we're going to have a, a lot of cool stuff coming uh, on the Niners Nation Podcast Network, so hang on with us there. Uh, what is this? Chris Richardi? can we forfeit the Titans game? Cross-country short week. Sounds like injuries waiting to happen. We can't be forfeiting games. You out of your mind? The 49ers are hanging on to a playoff spot by their fingernails. That and Thursday games don't have a higher incidence of injury. So there's How about that. Tennessee. Yeah. They do they're, not look good to me. Tannehill has been exposed this season. He is uh, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, to put it. <laughs> when the run game is dominant, hey, yeah. hey, he looks really good. When it's all on him because the run game's not there, uh, he makes mistakes. It, uh, it, I, you never, never know what to think with those Thursday games, though. Like, I literally have no, no idea. If you, whatever no. you told me happened, I could be like, okay, I believe it because sometimes the teams are so beat up. I mean, Kittle looked like he was banged up in this one at points after the first touchdown. Kittle looked like he was hurt. Tart was hurt and came back. Bosa was checked for a concussion, but he came back into the game. Um, so the Niners and Hufanga got hurt in this one too. So, I mean, Gerard Wilson was in there at safety for the 49ers. He was on the practice squad this week. So it it's a little dicey and who knows what we're going to see on Thursday. And the good news is, is after the Thursday game, the Niners get a uh, mini bye week, so to speak. They'll get 10 days off. So that will be helpful. That's part of the, uh, I think it's kind of something that the NFL purposely does late in a season when uh, a team has an early bye week to try to give them a Thursday game so that they can have a mini bye week later in the season and kind of help out because the Niners are technically going to be going, what, like 12 straight games without a bye week right into the playoffs. So, And uh, it's nice to have a little extended mini bye before the Texans. <laughs> right like that that would be a nice hopefully they can get up a few scores in that game and then have an extended buy you know get the starters out of there and you know go into the playoffs or, or the last couple games of the season with a little momentum eight what are they eight and six now on the year it feels good to not be one loss away from going back under 500 i mean <laughs> we don't know the injury news yet i'm trying to keep an eye on on uh kyle shanahan's post-game press conference course we know that the monday conference call usually reveals the full truth when it comes to injuries but hopefully they came out of this game clean well i mean the real good news is depending on how these games go to end this week the niners could still potentially have a two-game lead on being in the playoffs so to speak because i think all the teams that are six and seven which i think there were what four maybe five of them coming into the week i'm trying to go through them all in my head but Atlanta obviously lost to the 49ers, and all the other ones play still this week. So it's potential that the Niners could get a two-game lead with only three games to go. And with that Texans game there, you would think that means that they're essentially a shoe-in for playoffs. Tiebreaker over the Falcons, tiebreaker over the Eagles, tiebreaker over the Vikings. So right. all of that looks good right now. Um, and then I think some the Redskins are in there. And is there one other team? The football team and the Saints are six and seven. Saints, yeah. That would be the it closest. Is five teams. So uh, some of the postgame quotes, Kyle Shanahan was asked, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about why didn't he get Debo off the field and things like that. Shanahan said, all I was thinking about is last time we were up against these guys, we were up 14 in the fourth quarter and lost. Here's the thing, Kyle, you can put them back in. This isn't baseball, right? You take them out. If the Falcons score one time, you can put them back in the game. So I think he's just scarred from the Super Bowl, frankly, against the Patriots, and he just gets super nervous. Um, but that was his explanation for why they didn't take starters out late in the game with an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter. Meh. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with taking starters out too early, like maybe final drive. But crap happens in the NFL. I mean, we saw Detroit come back and make it interesting in week one because they were pulling people. And, you know, look at – Tom Brady, Peyton Manning back in the day, you know, Aaron Rodgers, do they ever come out? No, they're still in even when it's a blowout because it's a mentality. You don't take your foot off the pedal ever. 
I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded. That's all. I wouldn't have minded if Trey Lance got a little bit of run in this game. Sorry. I just, yeah, that just one's me. never happening because that's just going to cause a. If he comes in and gets a touchdown, everybody's going to be talking about it. More Shanahan after the game. Quote, Jimmy hasn't been much different to me all year. I think we've gotten better around him. I think we've gotten more continuity around him. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle Shanahan, because every week we got to hear about how Jimmy Garoppolo is better. We This game was such a blowout. We got it in this game, Levin. We got the Jimmy Garoppolo has handled the situation with such grace and what a great guy. Give me a break. He's the same freaking dude he always was. They just... Didn't turn the ball. Well, they had the one turnover. The offense didn't turn the ball over today. And so they look good. I mean, we have to go on this merry-go-round with Jimmy Garoppolo every time the team wins. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully it's the last year of that. But like I said, uh, give credit where it's due. Jimmy had his best game. And I think he's played a lot better in recent weeks. And that's as far as I'm going to go with it. It doesn't change the future. And doesn't change that he's still a limited quarterback that's going to be very difficult to win a Super Bowl with. Uh, come playoffs because good teams in the playoffs have ways of making your weakest part have to win the game. And the weakest part is when Jimmy Garoppolo has to dominate a game and the run game is not there. He does not come through very often. Only really one time, maybe twice in his 49ers tenure has he done that. And that's what the playoff teams are going to come out planning to do. They're going to stack the box. They're going to try to shut down the run game and say, Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. Can Jimmy do that three, four times in the playoffs? That's what it's going to take to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Kyle Shanahan also said he's going to ask the league for clarification on the Arden Key play, the sack that we were talking about earlier, which, I mean, you could... I'm going to ask the league for clarification. Is Kyle basically telling the league, what the hell? And the league's going to write back, here's the rule, so which is basically going to be, go away. That's all that's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be the NFL. Their response is going to be hitting quarterback bad. <laughs> Stop hitting quarterback. No good. Do better. Uh, actually, Matt Ryan is the most hit quarterback in the league, and you could see why. I mean, he was. He, he doesn't have mobility today. He did. Well, he did. He stands in a there little. for one. Like he does stand in there. You know, he's kind of in the Big Ben role these days where he just stands there and he's going to take the hit. Um, but he doesn't have great mobility anymore I, like he doesn't seem to slide around in the pocket like he used to even you know what i mean like he used to be one of those he was never athletic he was never someone that was going to go running but he used to have you know this ability to kind of slide back and forth in the pocket um and, and avoid the hits and he doesn't really do that anymore i just saw this quote from kyle Yuschek. Jimmy Garoppolo has been stacking weeks this whole year. I know today there was something different about him. Even at breakfast, George Kittle and I looked at each other and said, Jimmy's ready to go today. Shouldn't Jimmy be ready to go every day? He makes $26 million. He should be ready to go. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, what we saw was a Jimmy Garoppolo who's not indecisive, not scared to throw the deep pass. Yeah, because dudes were wide open. He shouldn't be indecisive. I, I don't disagree, but if that's the Jimmy that's going to be here at the end of the year, like I like the Niners odds to make some noise um, because the Jimmy that is willing to fling it and not hesitate on those deep, deeper routes, especially over the middle, uh, it, that's when the Niners are at their best. When he hesitates on those deeper passes over the middle, that's a lot of times when the safety is able to get there. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what he has done. We've seen the happy feet. We've seen the hesitation. I didn't see that this in this game. 
I want to know from people, how do you feel about Kyle Shanahan? Because they talked about it during the game, how people were saying, you know, that we were calling for, not we specifically, but people were calling for Kyle Shanahan's head. You and I were very frustrated with Kyle throughout this season. I think at different points, we both thought he should have put Lance in. I still think he should have put Lance in, by the way. Uh, but, you know, like John Madden always says, winning is the ultimate deodorant. So here they sit now at eight and six. How do you feel about Kyle now as opposed to earlier in the year? Like he's kind of flipped the switch back and look, he said it himself. He was out of a rhythm early in the season. He blamed it on Trey Lance, which I think is just BS. It's a cop out. Oh, I was out of my rhythm as a play caller because I don't know how a defense responds to a running quarterback. Well, that's you failing as a coach, but he admitted it that he was off his game early in the season. And that's what we were frustrated by. And what we were saying, you and I, I'm talking about, was that if he continues down this road and he continues to not know the right play cause, not motivate his players, have all the miscues and all of that, then yes, there's a possibility he should be fired at the end of the year. Um, but he flipped the script. He didn't continue down that road. Uh, it is still something that worries me in the back of my mind. I mean, I'm more concentrated on this season. But I'm still worried about what he said, that he doesn't know how a defense will respond to a running quarterback, and thus he doesn't know what calls to play to keep the defense you know, off their element. And that worries me because what's the future? A running quarterback. Well, yes, but I think you know, with an entire offseason. I know. To... I know. It's still concerning, though, that a coach flat out admitted, I don't know how to call plays for this guy we just drafted third overall. You that's have a, a different concerned. read on that than me. I don't think that's what he said, but we can, there'll be plenty but of times. Yes, I, I feel later. good about Kyle Shanahan. Like he's back to being the great play caller, offensive genius that's constantly putting the Niners in a position to be able to win. And it's up to the players. Like, I feel like even in the, the, the loss uh, a couple of weeks ago to Seattle, I, I said back then that, I feel like Kyle played, called a good game there, and it was just the players were off and not executing what was a good game plan. Reed Bunnell watching on the Niners Nation YouTube pitch. Thank you for the super chat. He says the Niners are who we thought they were. This is the Kyle Shanahan I thought we had. I'll say that. Like, my issues with him this season have been personnel decisions. They have not been game planning. I mean, his game plan, he crushed it today. He killed it. The Falcons had no answer for anything the 49ers were doing on offense. If the 49ers wanted to, they could have put up 55 points today. They definitely took their foot off the gas. I mean, Kittle was wide open. They were gashing them with the run in this game with Jeff Wilson. Like, it was, it made it look easy for Kyle. And there's not a lot of coaches slash offensive coordinators that can do that. Even Mahomes, some of the time, you know, he's scrambling around out there, running around, and he makes a play off schedule. It doesn't look as easy at times as it looks for the 49ers, which just makes it so much more frustrating when they do struggle offensively because we've seen games like we saw today. All right, so I'll wrap up my part of this uh, and go with this thought that has been kicking around in my head all day. Obviously, the Niners are the low seed in the NFC that no other team wants to play. Right. Because they have as much talent as anybody. They're capable of beating any team. But the thought I had pretty much all weekend just kept coming back up in my head was the Niners' biggest weakness are their cornerbacks. There's no arguing against that. They're able to mask that as long as the defensive line gets pressure. But the thing that I keep coming back to is in at least one game this in the playoffs, the Niners are going to have to play a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Do you trust them to 
be able to that defensive line to be able to truly affect him? Or do you give the advantage to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to know how to pick apart and pick on those DBs? That's the thing that scares me is that the Niners have a true Achilles heel that they're able to mask in certain ways. But when it comes to playing a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, they're going to know how to destroy those games, which means you're going to have to win a shootout. And that's the thought I'll leave you with. All right. Well, thank you, Levin. I appreciate that. I agree with you, by the way. Um, the Niners are not really equipped to win a shootout. And we saw it in this game. Matt Ryan was going deep down the field when the Falcons were down, partly out of necessity, but partly because he knows that they don't have any corners and it was working for Atlanta for a large part of the game. So that is definitely something that the 49ers are going to have to deal with as we go forward here. Uh, one more, a couple more things I want to get to. How about this from Kyle Juszczyk? He said, Kyle Shanahan was very blunt with us. We are not celebrating tonight, which I think is uh, for two reasons. One, he wants them to be careful and rest up and just prepare for the Titans game that's coming up on Thursday. And two, I think he's worried about COVID. The COVID situation is a very real thing. The 49ers have had amazing luck this year and i think some of it's luck i mean some of it's also the fact that i think everybody except one player is vaccinated which obviously helps but they have not had COVID issues we saw this week there's incredible COVID issues there's an extra game on monday night there's two games on tuesday this week because of covid so i think he's trying to remind them to hunker down to focus up and do everything you can do to make sure that you are available especially for the game on thursday uh and so that's probably part of the reason behind the hey no celebrating from Kyle Shanahan. And look, I get it, man. He's, you know, I'm sure he's working 80 hour work weeks trying to put this thing together and he doesn't want somebody to not be available to the team because they go out after celebrating beating a crappy Falcons team. So uh, multiple people are asking me, Chris Slade, 69, who's not vaccinated with the 49ers? I don't know. I don't know who that on that single player is. You would think we'd be able to find out just because if there's one guy that has to follow the extra protocols, but uh, I don't know who it is. Um, it's not Nick Bosa. He's apparently vaccinated, even though Joey Bosa is not vaccinated. Um, but that's where they are. And so it was a good Sunday for the 49ers. The Cardinals lost and just looked bad all day. Uh, unfortunately, we got the news that uh, DeAndre Hopkins tore his MCL, so he could be back maybe if they make a run in the playoffs, but obviously that's not good if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan. Um, okay, some of the people in the comments. Now, of course, you bring up vaccinations, you get the idiots. Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, so it was a bad day for the Cardinals, good day for the 49ers. Would have been better if the Packers had lost. I would have liked to see that, but you know, you, you take what you can get. If the Rams happen to lose, this week, that would put them at nine and five. The 49ers would be eight and six, plus they play the Rams again. So it's possible maybe the Niners could creep up to the five seed. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, if the playoffs started today, the 49ers would play the Dallas Cowboys, which I don't hate, frankly. The Cowboys offense kind of seems a little bit broken right now, to be honest with you. And I think the Niners would be able to carve up the Cowboys defense. But, you know, a long way to go. Uh Obviously, until we get there, there's still many, many games, but Niners get the win 31 13 over the Atlanta Falcons. They are now eight and six on the year, starting to build a little bit of momentum at the perfect time of year. Jimmy Garoppolo said it. This is December. This is when the football season really, really starts. And you know what? He's kind of right. And he was good today. The whole 49ers team was good, especially the defense. 
That's all you can ask for when we're what now? Six days away from Christmas. So enjoy it. Celebrate tonight, everybody. Have an adult beverage. Maybe have a cookie. I don't know. Whatever you do to celebrate, I'm going to have an adult beverage. I'll tell you that. If you haven't done it already, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast. Uh, follow the Niners Nation YouTube page. Like I said, we're going to be doing more. We should have an interview with Dante Whitner for you tomorrow. Uh, that'll go up on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Uh, you know, as soon as we can edit it after it's done. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're gonna have we'll have podcasts for you all week, of course. And just enjoy the win, everybody. 49ers, eight and six, kind of starting to get to the point where we thought they would be. So enjoy your night, everybody. Go 49ers. If you missed any of this show, if you join late or whatever, I'm going to turn it into a podcast. It'll be up later tonight before I go to bed. So you can catch the whole show in case you missed it. It's also obviously on the Niners Nation YouTube and Facebook pages. Enjoy the win. Enjoy your night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time.